Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. Don't forget to collect your free joke at the end of this intro. This week we interview Ami Verma. What is the meaning of community? What does it mean when you go into a software community? What does it mean to be involved and loved by a community? Ami and Brent talk about how unique and wonderful the Magenta community is and why it's filled with love. That's Ami's words, not mine. We talk about specific topics around marketing and what that means in different parts of the world. We learn that Ami went to every single Meet Magento in 2018. We also learn about his business and how it has grown. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by SwiftDotter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. And now your free joke. Get ready for a groan on this one. Why is 2019 afraid of 2020? Because they had a fight and 2021. (laughs) My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. All right. Welcome, Ami Verma, the co founder of Techies India. Ami, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us uh, kind of what you do for a living and one of your passions. Right. This is Ami Verma. I am co-founder of a software development company called Techies India Incorporated. I co-founded this company a couple of years ago. Uh, we are trying to solve problems for small, medium, and large enterprise where what we saw was a lot of over-commitment and under-delivered. And uh, we just wanted to solve that. So uh, e-commerce is part of uh, our portfolio. We do work with uh, a lot of agencies, software development companies, consultants, and merchants. My passion is to promote entrepreneurship. I am very passionate about bodybuilding. I try to spend some time in the gym. Uh, Thanks to the lockdown, I had to set up uh, the gym at home, and I am uh, very passionate about picking up one sport every two years and trying to go to the pro level. Good, wow, pro level. So you are you? I, I, there's a cricket match on right now in India, right? Are you looking at cricket next? Uh, actually, uh, cricket. I stopped watching when uh, uh, there's a format called IPL, which has actually commercialized the game so much, and there were a lot of. Uh, you know, news about match fixing. So being, uh, you know, cricket was one of my favorite sports, but then hearing all these kind of news, 
it actually takes the sport away from the soul of the sport. So uh, I'm not I'm not a big fan of IPL at all. So you're, but it might, you said you're going to try to take up and become pro. I'm just wondering if you're going to become a pro, a pro quick cricket player because you could play for Australia or New Zealand or South Africa or. No, uh, <laughs> uh, if you want to be a cricket player in India, I think you you could be uh, one billionth person with the same dream. There are about a lot of people in the queue as well. Right. So well, <laughs> that's a dream for another birth i believe right good um well i think we met about uh three or four years ago maybe at a magento imagine or maybe even at the first meet magento india so i you've been in the magento community since then at least if not before and um i know that there's some things happening in the magento community In, in our little green green room conversation you had brought up sort of the love you felt from the Magento community that first time around. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I've been talking about this uh, a lot, not only amongst the Magento community and the friends in Magento community, but wherever we, uh, you know, go and communicate with even my team, they're super excited about, because part of my team has attended uh, Magento events the kind of it comes back to the kind of love respect uh, magento community gives to each other it was uh, i was amazed to look at the kind of uh, you know affection that i got from people so one of my uh, you know first dream came true was to meet uh, Kalen jordan right and and phil jackson so they were like you know, I, I started uh, following Magenta community on Twitter, and these guys were like the superstars of the community. And when I met them, they were like, you know, hey, Ami, how are you? How are you doing? This and that. And they were like, you know, we were just engaged in the communication like we are friends from last about 15 years. Where else did you, uh, can you get this kind of love? And till they, uh, you, uh, there are a lot of people, if I start naming them and I put it on LinkedIn, a lot of people send me messages, hey, you don't need, you didn't tag us at all. We were there too. So, you know, uh, I, I saw the competitors uh, standing next to each other and complimenting each other on their growth. Uh, I've never seen it. I've, I've been to conferences, like I said, uh, the very, uh, black tie events and uh, where people come up with a lot of egos in. I think the gentle community is blessed where love rules rather than the egos talk to each other. Yeah, that's a great description. Love rules. I'm writing that down right now. Um, so uh, w- you you were at the first Meet Magento event in, in Ahmedabad or when I, I've seen you, uh, you've come to Meet Magento India, right? We, we, we were, uh, uh, we were, I, I think, 2019, or probably 2020 was our first event. We were we met in Bombay, and uh, you know we contributed a bit as a little sponsors too. Yeah. Okay. And so why would like looking into the future and having more events? Why would a uh, why would any Magento or why would an Indian developer want to attend a Meet Magento event? I think it's. Uh, to be very true with you, when I started going to Magento Imagine, I had a totally different mentis mind uh, on probably I represent, I think I represent a lot of 
Indian agencies and software companies, freelancers who may think that they go to Magento Imagine and make a lot of contacts and try to close the projects and uh, do that. But I think I learned it very, very quickly that this is not the place where you do it. This is the place of relationships where you learn a lot how to interact, how people are talking to each other. Business will come today or, or day after or whenever, you know, you find a fit. So it is very important for anyone, especially from India and Indians who some of us are, you know, can't travel to that part of the world. Uh, you know, some of us still call, uh, uh, you know, we call the senior person as sir. We're very formal because of being the British colony. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of cultural gap. I think if we if we start attending Magento uh, events, specifically Meet Magento, that gap can be, you know, filled with the kind of uh, interactions take place at Meet Magento events. Yeah, that... so I think I'll highly recommend the Magento developers agencies from India or, or probably anywhere to know each other, shake hands, uh, know about the tech advancements. I'm not, I'm, I'm non-tech. I'm an MBA in international finance. So I, I made good connections out there. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point because I know that it's been hard to get non-technical people to attend these events. Why would a non-technical person attend a Meet Magento event? See, uh, like I said, I learned a lot uh, in my business as well. One of the major reasons for our growth is what I've learned from Magento community, right? I would rather sit with person who actually welcomes me, ask me to sit on table and, you know, does not matter what kind of, what size of business I own, but the ideas are welcome on table. And then, you know, you have to make the other person feel like yourself. And uh, I think this is what I've learned from Magento community. You know, whenever I go to other conferences or I'm part of, I'm a chair, chairman of a, a young organization called Indian Entrepreneurs Collective. So it is solely founded on promoting entrepreneurship. A lot of other com uh, associations in India, I will name them, uh, the big wigs, they actually, you know, they've got different way of welcoming people and uh, what I learned from Meet Magento and Magento conferences is actually replicated nicely where it doesn't matter if you're a member or not, if you're a guest or what, even the chairman stands at the door and, you know, meets the guest with open arms, right? And we're breaking the barrier there and then. This is what I've learned from Magento community. And this is making a lot of impact in my personal life as well. Yeah, I remember the... Um... The first year that Mark Lavelle was CEO of Magento, uh, he showed up for the big dam run, and he did the whole thing. He actually went farther. I think he ran to the dam. And um, uh, the next day, he saw me and, and whispered in my ear. He said, thanks a lot. My legs hurt like crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I attended big dam run as well. Yeah. And I prepared for it about for three months. I, I do weight training. I do cardio for about 20 minutes. But you are the guys who actually made me run for about 60 or 80 minutes each day so that I can prep for that. Yeah. It's... And I was still breathless when I, 
when I finished it. <laughs> That's good. I mean, I think, you know, part of the magic of the Magento community is that we, every event's not a commercial event. And you, yes. I think what you said earlier about how maybe uh, sponsors shouldn't always, you, you shouldn't expect that it's going to be a, uh, a an event where you're going to get hundreds of, of, of leads or something like that. It is, it is a relationship event, and that's an investment in the future. And I've always looked at yep. the Big Damn Run as a, it's a, uh, the Big Damn Run is more of a, a outlet for people to talk when you're outside of that sort of structured community. And I think those, the events aren't exactly structured, but they are, you, you have certain expectations when you, when you attend an event, when you're out in the desert and you're just talking to somebody. And if you have the pleasure of running with them, a lot more conversations come up that are completely different than the conversation that you'd have in a hotel ballroom. Very, very true. I think the kind of environment uh, I've seen, I've, I've run about, two runs, I believe, if not uh, one. I I met a lot of people there. I mean, the kind of, uh, of, of you know, I, I I went there with the preparation that I'll win, right? That's a life lesson for me as well. Whatever preparation you do, there are other players who are prepping hard for the event, right? So what, you could be at your best, but still there's uh, someone who's doing better than you always. Right. So uh, I think uh, Phil won that event. Phil was the first one. And he was like, hey, I'm running like, you know, two and a half times faster than you. (laughs) Okay, Phil, I'll give it up to you. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I believe Philip Jackson did win that year. Um, And uh, yeah, no, it's it's fun. And um, it it does. There's a competitive side to it, too. But it's uh, and it's a fun competitive side. It's not like. It's not like like what you were. I think in the green room, you also kind of alluded to the fact that we're all competitors, but we're all working together, and we're all at this yeah. event. And and part of this is building that community. And I think any Meet Magento event you go to, it's organized by the community for the community. So that is something that that is a little unique to us. And and it's not like you go to a Shopify event and and there's a meet Shopify or something that's put on by a completely independent organization that doesn't have anything to do with Shopify. Um, You know, these events are truly something that's put on for the benefit of the community itself. Yeah. You know, the kind of, the kind of impact uh, Magenta imagine and the community left on me in 2018 uh, I was so much in love with community and understanding more about the the ecosystem that in 2018, I did not miss even a single Meet Magento event across the globe. Can you beat that? Wow, so you went so to I all of them? All of them, all of them. I, I wanted to know that if uh, somebody is behaving and imagine differently or it is the way it is, and uh, thankfully, it was every time it was warmer, lovelier, more, you know, welcoming. And I'm so thankful to everyone. Yeah. So um, uh, one question then, if so, let's just say Meet Magento India happens in person in 2023 and Ben Marks isn't there. Are you still going to go? Why not? <laughs> I mean, even if he's physically not there. He's already there, I think. Right. He's done so much for the community. He's, he's a 
he's an amazing friend always pushes me you know uh, inspires me in different ways and sends me messages all the time when i work out and uh, i think i think the, the beauty of community is does not matter what brand you have gone with what matters is, is uh, what are you giving back and ben has given back a lot to the community yeah so even if he's not there he will always be there. Yeah. And it, it was sort of a joke. Ben is, is always the superstar at the Meet Magento Indie event. And, uh, uh, you know, I hope he shows up. My One of my last events uh, was, well, no, before that, yeah. No, my one of my last live events uh, in 2019 was the, the Mage Unconference in Germany. And um, the shop war people showed up to that event. And they did a presentation. Right. And it's ironic now that Ben is with Shopware, so uh, it'll be fun <laughs> to see Ben at new new um, new Shopware new events. T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I yeah. had my T-shirt on the other day with Ben uh, on it. Uh, Don't edit the core. <laughs> and I was thinking about uh, renaming it something like "Did you already switch to Shopware?" I think we could just rename the yeah. the T-shirt <laughs> with him on it still. So, so Ben and me used to have the same straps. Because I'm in love with uh, orange. Oh sure. And uh, Ben, yeah. So I sent a tweet, uh, or probably a direct message to Ben that day, and said, "I, hey, I saw your T-shirt. I didn't see the the watch strap." And then he was like, sent me a message. This is the watch strap that he's doing. He's he's changed it to blue now. Yeah, yeah. I bet I <laughs> I had a orange watch strap as well for my watch, but unfortunately, I bought the off-brand one and it broke. So I'm back to. I'm black. I have a. I'm back to the standard black watch strap for my Garmin. Yeah. You you are pro in running. I know you you require much more than what Apple Watch. Apple <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say pro. I would say enthusiast. How's that? So you you alluded to some of the other platforms, and this is this is not a Magento show. This is a e-commerce show. Tell us a little bit about, about what you're doing in other software platforms. So. Uh, you know, one of the uh, core values we have at Techies Indian Incorporated is we are a customer loyal company. We probably are not a platform loyal company. So we've been uh, analyzing the client's requirement and we sometimes saw that uh, one platform isn't suitable uh, you know, for their requirements, but we were too busy in Magento that we, we couldn't see the other side. Uh, it's uh, uh, kind of, uh, you know, a, very strange that we've got uh, media buying business division as well, and most of our business come from comes from the Shopify and Shopify Plus customers. We only have two Magento clients who are, uh, you know, spending on Google Ads and Facebook ads with us, and we probably have one from Big Commerce, and probably more than ninety percent business comes from. The Shopify from the merchants who are on Shopify and Shopify Plus, and we signed up their media buying business. And lately, they wanted to shift their tech retainerships to us as well. So that's when it's it's worked. Uh, uh, nearly one one and a half years ago that we started doing Shopify and Shopify Plus, and about a year ago we got uh, into BigCommerce, and we are now BigCommerce certified partners. And uh, aiming for the premier ones. Yeah, um, I so think we do big. 
That's, I mean, yeah. I think that's an ongoing theme right now, especially as there's so many differentiators in a platform and you don't necessarily want to go with an all you can eat platform. Having a specific platform that fits your business need is a smart idea as a business owner. And I think the days of having the Magento only agency, um, I think you, as from a growth standpoint, you do struggle a little bit in finding the right client that you need for that. And then the worry is that you're going to force a client into a solution that they don't exactly need. Yep. Um, so tell us. I think it's. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. I think I think for for the merchants and for agencies, uh, they the more platforms are there, the the better for the merchants. Actually, all the agencies should work for the betterment of the merchant and growth of the merchant, and agency will automatically grow. I, I still remember my interaction with Todd from Overdose Digital in Meet Magento, Singapore. And he actually, again, you know, uh, probably a competition, but then he, uh, we were sitting together and he said, Emmy, you shouldn't be only Magento company. And there are other platforms you should look into. And I took that advice and said, you require, that was an amazing advice. And then when I came back, I met, uh, Ali from Imagination Media. And Ali told me the same thing. He said, Emmy, you should also do Shopify and uh, BigCommerce. Probably they're doing uh, demandware uh, build as well. Uh, we may explore that later, 2023, 2024. But uh, see, those are the devices uh, came from someone who's already very successful. And uh, they shared that with me. And they, they've shown me the path. Yeah, we we took on big commerce last year, and um, it has been you know it, it definitely offering clients a solution that works for them specifically. I think is a is a really good service that you should be offering all your clients. Um, so you mentioned Meet Magento Singapore. Um, did you you were in twenty nineteen Meet Meet Magento Singapore? Twenty eighteen, probably. Okay. Yeah, I I went yeah. to the one in 2019, and that was such a fantastic event and such so well put on. Renosis does such a great job at that. They they do an amazing job. Yeah. The the market in Singapore is a little bit different than the market in India, but it's also very similar. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. So technically, my uh, our problem is we don't work with uh, Indian clients, so none of our client is from India. So majorly in. Uh, into services exports for software companies, agencies, and merchants who are, uh, you know, with much respect to my consumers and the businesses. Uh, I don't think so. We've worked with anyone in e-commerce except one uh, we did in 2015. That also came from a client reference in Hong Kong, and then we did it for them. That was Magento One build in 2015, and then we developed the POS system for them as well using Magento APIs. So uh, uh, my knowledge about Indian commerce is a bit limited, but I know what's happening and what's, what are the percentages, how it's growing. But uh, my knowledge interacting with the mer Indian merchants is very limited. Right. And you do a lot of business in Australia. What is the, you, you had mentioned earlier about the record lockdown. How, how are you seeing business there? Uh, so uh, the e-commerce business has grown uh, 
multi-tools in Australia and New Zealand both. A lot of people, I still have a, a partner company who owns a big agency out there. Uh, they have outgrown themselves, I mean, probably three or four times. And they do Shopify, they do Magento, they, do, uh, they don't do big commerce, but they do WooCommerce. And, uh, you know, they've, they've started sending emails to the clients, hey, you know, you have to wait for at least five, six months for us to take on the new project. And they're trying to scale with us. The market is growing like anything. Uh, because you're in lockdown, you have to order your, uh, you know, uh, clothing, you have to order your food, you have to order your groceries. You know, and then, uh, you know, the kind of scare it was in people's mind when the first lockdown started, it's still there in Australia. This morning, uh, the uh, New South Wales government announced that they're going out of lockdown. They're opening the international borders. So probably uh, just just the New South Wales uh, uh, government, not the other states. I think which is, which is good news. Melbourne is still in lockdown. They're probably 279 days plus in the lockdown. You can't go beyond five kilometers uh, from the area that you reside in. And if you have to, you have to apply for some some uh, pass and then it requires about six, seven days to get it. So I think uh, uh, the Australian businesses have suffered who haven't gone into the e-commerce side. They've started exploring that now. Yeah, I think they have to explore it now. Um, yeah. So you had mentioned earlier that you're doing a lot of PPC work for Shopify, for for Magento. Well, not for Magento, but mainly for Shopify. What what yeah. what yeah. sort of advice would you give a, a merchant now who's you know if if they want to like if their only choice is if they're in Australia, their only choice is they they have an e-commerce store. How are they going to get business? Is is PPC the way to do it? I think uh, there are a lot of uh, smart things that uh, a merchant can do. Uh, there's there's uh, Google ads, there's Facebook and Instagram ads. Depends on the kind of product you're selling. So B2B, I think Google ads work uh, better. And B2C and D2C, Facebook and Instagram have got exponential results for our clients. And uh, I think they, they should try, if you're, if you're in clothing, fashion effects, uh, accessories and uh, you know, the nutritional supplements, these categories, you should go with Facebook ads first and then try Google ads. But if you're B2B, try with Google ads first and then go to Facebook ads. And how about LinkedIn ads? How about uh, for, from the, I, I'm sure for the B2B market, LinkedIn ads work good? Uh, we've, we've tried it, but uh, the results are not that great, to be very true with you. I think, too, the by country is a little different. So in Mexico, Facebook is big and Instagram is big. Um, so it also, I suppose, depends by country. Uh, you, you're you're helping clients in multiple countries. How do you kind of keep up with what is good in each country? So uh, major business comes from the north of uh, the United States, Canada, and then Australia and New Zealand. So. Uh, we work with the majorly clothing, uh, premium and high fashion companies. Uh, we've taken a client about uh, somewhere in March, and within seven weeks, 
we were able to add additional revenue of $1 million only through Facebook ads. They, they couldn't do it with other agencies earlier. I don't know what was the problem, but uh, Facebook ads did wonders for them. And today, I think they are, uh, we are in the sixth month of servicing them, uh, about $9.5 million of additional revenue so far, only through Facebook ads. I'm not counting uh, Google ads yet. Wow, that's uh, that's fantastic success. So, what what do you recommend? So, as a as a new business who wants to get started, uh, you would you would first help them figure out what their market is, and then just choose the platform and and do some testing on it. Do you recommend A/B testing and all those things? Yeah. So technically, it depends on a lot of uh, 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 depends on the kind of market you are in, the kind of products you want to sell the kind of pricing you want to come up with, what kind of competition uh, you have. So I'll tell you a case study. One of our clients is uh, from New New York, and they are the largest uh, face mask producers in the world, uh, about 19 factories across the globe. Uh, they sold at least $30 million of face masks on Amazon each quarter. When... COVID-19 started, Amazon blocked them. Google, they were not taking the word mass. Facebook denied it. The accounts were blocked, right? And then the, the client was referred to us uh, by one of the partner agencies, and then we started working on it. Uh, in the very first uh, you know, hour, we said, we can't do it. And then because we are uh, a Google partner agency, we've got direct access to Google executives. They've they've assured us that they, they should be a way around. These are the things that you should do. And we've asked our client to, because he has his own uh, internal tech team. So we've changed their landing pages. We've changed the, uh, the content. We've removed the masks, face masks, and, you know, uh, uh, whatnot. There are different uh, words they were not taking. And then we tried to run some ads. Within about eight hours, the ads were approved, uh, which the, you know, he, his internal team couldn't do it from last about four or five weeks. And uh, the very first sale that we got was about $8,200. The face masks worth $8,200. The very first ad uh, from Facebook. And they're still going very strong. Uh, I, think, I think A-B testing... Uh, be it landing pages, be it your SEO, be it your Google ads, be it your Facebook ads. You know, if you're not doing A-B testing, you're losing a lot of money. You're leaving a lot of money on the table. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a great story. Um, looking at um, looking at the kind of businesses that are stuck in lockdown in, say, in Australia, um, what what type of products are you seeing that are successful right now selling or is it everything? Clothing, I mean, people, I think uh, people are buying clothing like anything. And that too, I'm talking about premium clothing. Uh, when you, uh, One thing about India, India shopped a lot of luxury during the lockdown. Right? And Australia, they're, they're putting a lot of money. Even, even uh, in that case, uh, we've got about seven clients who are in uh, uh, clothing for men and women, pricing around 30 to $90 t-shirts and shorts and other accessories, their growth is probably 
double digits, months and months. So people bought a lot of clothing uh, in-house. People bought a lot of sunglasses. People yeah. bought a lot of uh, uh, shampoos, face masks, and uh, people bought a lot of uh, beauty products, even perfumes. And how about the Amazon factor? Are, you, you mentioned you know, that Amazon blocked that one client. Um, are you setting up... Uh, ads to go to Amazon directly, or do you depend on? And I, no. I, I believe you can build out ads directly in Amazon as well, right? Yes, we we don't do Amazon at all. And in Amazon, I know when I was in last in India, Amazon Prime is a thing now, and and uh, delivery is always a challenge. Is Amazon Prime still a thing in India itself? No, it's all right. It, uh, things have normalized. Yes, uh, you know. Uh, initially something you're too excited about and then it becomes part of your routine. So yeah, there are a lot of deliveries coming in from Amazon Prime. I'm, I'm, I'm an Amazon Prime member as well, but uh, no fancy. <laughs> um, and I would imagine uh, around where you live, then the uh, the weightlifting equipment went crazy. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, the, the, the story again, uh, I thought the lockdown is going to be uh, for about uh, two or three weeks. Then we started about 16th of March, 2020. And I bought light equipment, uh, you know, the rubber plates. And uh, uh, lockdown was not lifted for about four weeks. And I'm I'm a heavy lifter, right? So I thought this is like, you know, my kids can do the kind of weights I'm doing. And uh, the price that I've, was quoted to me was about nine times the price uh, I usually get. Uh, there's a French company, I think you, you may have heard about them as well, called Decathlon. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. So if you walk in Decathlon uh, in India earlier, they were after your life to sell you products. But I called up Decathlon. I wanted a treadmill. They said sold out, sir. Everywhere it's sold out. So it, you know, it changed things for a lot of merchants where they, they had to spend a lot of an ads they had to hire a lot of salespeople to go after the client, and suddenly lockdown, and everyone was ordering online on Decathlon, and products were like out of stock. And I, I was like scratching my eyes: Is it like Decathlon dot in, or is it like Decathlon dot com? So uh, weightlifting, yes, it's still going strong, but the prices are getting okay now. Yeah. So you know, just kind of switching into how we relieve our stress at work. I know that you're a big lifter and I see, I see you on social media all the time, um, inspiring people to, to get out and exercise. Uh, what, what, um, what could you tell somebody? Why, why do you choose to do something like that and, and not just sit at your desk all day? I think, uh, uh, Physical health is one thing, but mental health is, is very important for you. If you're, if you're sitting around your desk all day, probably your productivity goes down every 35 minutes. So you have to get up, walk at least. And then if you want to be very productive at work next day, you have to do something other than work, right? So like in our, in my game, they said, uh, people think that body is built during the one hour of the gym. It's not. You just exercise for not one hour. The body is built what to do outside the gym, right? And the same way, the strategies 
are, are probably executed on diary when you're sitting on the desk. But when you've got a lot of me time, you know, you get a lot of ideas, innovation, you know, going in your mind. And then, you know, and, and I think uh, uh, you pick up any sport, uh, be it bodybuilding, whatever, be it running, it requires a framework. It, it gives you a step-by-step. You, you can't be, uh, you know, Mr. Bolt the next day you start running. So there's a, there's a procedure, there's a strategy that you require to reach that level. And that's what you learn in your business. It doesn't matter you're an entrepreneur, you're the, the head of delivery, you're the head of quality assurance team, or you're the sales manager. These things, if you, if you have any support, you know, you, you actually graduate to next level. And that reflects on your work. That's why it is important. Yeah, and I know um, you hear a lot about you hear a lot from entrepreneurs who brag about working twelve or sixteen hours a day. Uh, and I think you you you're exactly right. Um, so you said you're that you're on the board or the chairman of India Entrepreneurs Collective. What do you tell younger entrepreneurs yep. that that who believe? that the only way they're going to be successful is to work 16 hours a day? If, if you have uh, your cholesterol levels rising, your, your heartbeat and blood pressure, and probably you're on the verge of diabetes, uh, you know, and you don't get yourself checked up, you don't know, you've never got yourself tested, and you're sitting on your desk thinking that, you know, There'll be an email from venture capitalist offering you $200 million, just like that. It, it, it won't happen. That's, I, I don't know. I, I'm still to meet someone who's very wealthy and he's not exercising. He's not meditating. I, I met, you, you name who's who because of the, the associations, the management associations or the kind of schools and uh, business schools I went to. I've met billion-dollar entrepreneurs, and they say, Amy, if you don't meditate, if you don't work out, you're never going to make it. And all these guys, I don't know who are these guys talking about 18 hours a day. I mean, they, they're not humans. They, they're just misleading you. Yeah, I, at, I, um, I had yeah. the pleasure. I, when, I, when I go to – I would normally go to Ahmedabad, and, and I joined the Ahmedabad Distance Running Club. And so, you know, we run when I'm there. Um, and most of the people in the in the running club are professionals who have realized that they sit a lot and at some point they become heavy. They're doctors, lawyers, architects, this, this type of profession, and they realize that they're becoming heavier and they need to uh, do something to <laughs> relieve them of that extra weight. Uh, so I think, you know, running and exercise does that. But there's one more component that people often overlook is um, is the mental component where you can use that time and, and lifting, lifting weights is exactly the same. Uh, I know my wife likes to lift weights because she has to concentrate on on how many reps she does. And that gets her away from concentrating on spinning about something else. I like to run and get out and just have some free time in my head to think about something. The worst thing that can yep. happen is that you have a great idea that you forgot about while you're out there running or if you were in the gym. But you can always carry a little electric recorder or your or your phone and, and, and make a note. <laughs> but so I think you're you're right and, and just you know, I'm on 
I'm on, I'm in entrepreneurs organization and there's one in there's that that's global. Um, and that, that's a big yep. thing that they talk about is making sure that, um, you have, um, you have mental health along with your physical health, along with your professional health. You know, there's, there's a lot of aspects to it that we need to take care of. And I know that I always look to you, you're an inspiration in the, in, in that balance, let's call it balancing. How do you balance your life? Um, because you know it, meditation is important, uh, and part of be, doing exercise is meditation. It is, it is, and uh, uh, I know a lot of people don't talk about it. It it has it has become a fashion to talk about the number of hours you work, and uh, you know, uh, people are actually uh, thinking that it's fashionable to tell someone that hey, I slept in the office. To me, that that reflects that you are so incompetent to you know, deliver in eight hours that you had to spend about 16 hours to do that. And, and for me, Simon, I mean, one of the uh, amazing personalities India has given to the world, uh, Mr. APJ Abdul Kalam, our ex-president, uh, he used to say, if you haven't completed your work by 5.30, there are chances that you won't be able to complete by 5.30 a.m. Doesn't matter how much time you spend in the office. And uh, and your productivity goes down uh, after eight hours. I don't know how can you. Uh, you should be on very heavy meds or some drugs to concentrate. Otherwise, it's it's very inhuman to work sixteen hours a day. I I can't believe that. Yeah, I read a book called Rest R E S T, and I can put the the title in the show notes. And and John Woodall from uh, Space Forty Eight turned me onto the book. And in the book, they go through a lot of case studies of people that, you know, that worked either four hours or eight hours or 12 hours. And really the most productive time, you have a productive time as a human. And typically that productive time is only four hours a day. So if yep. you can capture that four hours and work that four hours, then the rest of the day is is yours to do with what you wish to do with it. And I think the funny part is that around the turn of the century, the English specifically if you worked at all, that means that you're one class lower than the people that don't work, right? The, the, if you don't yeah. work at all, that is the, that's the quintessential bragging point that in the, yeah. old, in the Victorian times, that's what you tried to do. You didn't have to work. Yeah. Um, and now yeah. it suddenly has turned from, well, you know, I, I don't, I'm not working because I, I'm, I don't have to, to I'm going to work 16 hours a day because I don't have to. <laughs> but I have this passion yeah. for it. Yes, and uh, part of the things that uh, we've, we've founded, uh, IEC, Indian Entrepreneurs Collective, was uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't have mentors who can come to them and tell them, hey, you know what, you're going through rough phase? That's fine, I've gone through that as well. Uh, I, I travel a lot. I travel uh, sometimes. I'm alone uh, and traveling from uh, New Delhi to somewhere in Peru, right? And uh, it's about 36 plus hours. Uh, 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 I'm at a point where even the first class lounge does not attract me. I try not to, you know, if someone can fly me down directly to Peru, I'll be happy to do that. I think entrepreneurship is a very lonely, people don't talk about it. it. It's a very lonely thing. The kind of pressure you have, you have to take care, you have to sign up new clients because you have to catch up with your payroll and then you have to uh, record growth. You can't talk about this to your 
colleagues, yes, if you're very lucky to have the founder members of the team with you, you can, but if you, if you go one step ahead, they may think you're not stable. So I think it's, it's very, very lonely kind of people fancy entrepreneurship a lot. And I don't want to discourage anyone who's uh, listening to it. It's an amazing thing to have. But, uh, you know, people need to be told that, you know, what the kind of phase they're going through, it happened. It happened with me. I didn't have money to pay salaries. And I, I don't brag about it. I tell people, uh, whomsoever I meet, it's an amazing thing. But you should, be, you should have something other than business to go to, uh, be, it, be it running, be it cycling, be it uh, weightlifting, because that's the time when, you know, you achieve even a little bit. If, you do, if, if you've done a kilometer of running, that's like a certain achievement. You may be struggling in business, but if you've run one kilometer, that positivity reflects in your work as well. And, if, and, and you're at a point where your mind and your subconscious trying to convince you, if you can do this, Bart, you can do this too. I think, I think it, it is very important for uh, successful entrepreneurs like you, uh, probably uh, about to be successful entrepreneurs like me, to talk to the aspiring entrepreneurs like, hey, we've been there. These are the problems. Don't worry. If we have done it, you can do it too. Yeah, and I think just any, you know, most entrepreneur organizations have that outlet. Like in, I know in, in EO, uh, we have a small group that we meet every month. Um, and we also have an accelerator group for young entrepreneurs uh, to yeah. to help them and mentor them. And that's such an yeah, important part. Yeah, you've got part. EO Forum, right? Yeah, EO Where Forum. Meet every, yep. Yeah, I know. I was about to be part of the EO in 2016. One of my friends is uh, uh, chairman of EO. I know you and YPO very closely, but because of my my travel, my friend uh, advised me not to be part of it because the the forum meetings, uh, uh, some percentage you have to attend, and if you don't, then you don't qualify for X, Y things. But I amazing things I've heard about EO. I even uh, heard the founder. I forgot his name uh, at uh, one of my class in Harvard. Yeah, he came and talked about yeah. Okay, fantastic I his name. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, EO uh, in um, EO in um, in India is fairly popular, and Mumbai is especially hard to get into. Yeah. I know they have a very long waiting yeah. list. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, we have a couple minutes left. What what uh, what sort of things do you read nowadays to keep up with times? How do you keep up with uh, what's happening? Especially, you're doing business all over the world. It's so interesting that. Um, you know that you have you have, you you must you have your your hands out everywhere that you have to keep up with all those. How, what are you doing to do that? So I, I spend a lot of time when I was struggling in business uh, about a decade ago. The only thing that I've befriended was books. So how inspiring it is to read someone who's gone through a bad phase and achieved a lot. Again, that thing. If someone has done it, I think that reflects that you can do it too. A lot of your friends, your childhood friends, or friends you have around when you're struggling, they won't be able to give you advice, but then books speak to you. But if the book that made uh, an amazing impact on me being an entrepreneur is uh, The Shoe Dog uh, by Phil Knight. And, uh, you know, I was so hooked to that book when I started reading first in 2016 that I couldn't sleep uh, before finishing two or three chapters 
And it was like, I am living Phil life's, uh, Phil Knight's life. And he has gone through so much. And, uh, you know, that assured me that, you know, if you're going through rough phase, I mean, someone else has gone through that as well. Uh, these days I'm reading Richard Koch's, uh, book called Unreasonable Success. And he talks about a lot of people who became successful and what kind of common traits they have. And uh, it actually, you know, I'll share a story uh, uh, that he talks about. Uh, the Prime Minister, Mr. Churchill, he said Churchill's dad was some kind of bureaucrat in the UK government. And a lot of would-be prime ministers used to visit his place. And one fine day, Churchill must have been about 14 or 15, and someone was visiting his dad in the drawing room, and these guys were talked out uh, in the outhouse and talking. Out of nowhere, Mr. Churchill shared with his friend that, you know, I'm going to be an amazing figure, a very important figure in the, uh, the history of UK, and I'll save UK one fine day. This was his words, right? And see what what he has done in 1940, became prime minister, actually saved the UK and became very popular. So, well, you know, it's an amazing book. I'm, I'm still halfway through, but I do make it a point that I read something or the other at least each day, at least 10 pages. Yeah, and there, you know, I think you bring up a really good point that there's so much inspiration that you can get if you look outside of what you're doing, you know, I'm reading a book. Um, well, I just read a book called Life is a Marathon by Matt Fitzgerald. And it's not about running. It's about life. Um, it's about yeah. how you live your life. And there's so many cross parallels yeah. between everything and learning about leaders, what they've done and, and their inspiration. I think it's a good uh, it's a good um, lesson that everybody can take that they shouldn't just concentrate on business. They should be looking at what other people are doing. And a lot of that affects what you're doing in business and how you live your life and what you do in your life and the values that you have are all reflected in that. And that's so important. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, so as we close up here, I give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug. Uh, which means you can promote anything you would like. What would you like to plug today? I uh, I don't know. Uh, my American English, I'm, I'm quite weak in understanding American slangs. Like, you know, I've asked you, what do you mean by plugging this or that? We have, we, we've been a British colony, and then we, we are probably on the British side of uh, slangs in these things. Uh, I, I would rather, you know, like to share that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter you're an entrepreneur or what level you are uh, in the business or you are head of delivery or you're an entrepreneur. I think it's very important for you to know that uh, you should have a plan. And if you haven't achieved it so far, that doesn't mean it's the end, right? And I've seen a lot of people getting stressed. So one of the meetings that we've uh, recently done, we've invited uh, a celebrity entrepreneur for India whose mission is to create one million entrepreneurs. He was the first one who created a high fashion e-commerce company in India. And, uh, you know, he said, that I meet a lot of people who are building the business because they want to get 
evaluated and valued more than $100 million to $200 million. And he met a guy there who talked about, hey, I'm so surprised how the other companies are getting about $100 million and $200 million, and I'm still struggling. And, uh, you know, this guy spoke to me. He said, Amy, I gave this guy about two minutes to talk to me, and I'm the venture capitalist. He didn't talk about the beautiful idea he's working on. He talked about how he's unable to get $200 million. So is he in, is he in business to get $200 million or is he in business because that excites him, right? So I think, uh, I think you, got to, you got to really sort these things out. There's a lot of uh, you know, valuation bubble around and a lot of people are not selling their companies. Uh, a lot of them do because of good things. It's, you know, I wouldn't say it's good or bad, but then depends on the kind of situation you are. It is very important to know the reality. I mean, you should switch off social media sometimes at least. People are talking a lot. Think about uh, someone who built an electric vehicle and talks about uh, a Dodge coin or dog coin and played with a lot of emotions. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, things people have achieved and try to play with your mind. It, it's, you know, it's time to calm down and, you know, play your own game. Yeah, that's words well said. Yeah, thank you for that. I, I did um, uh, recently watch, there's a show in the U.S. called Ted Lasso, and he's this coach that goes to England. It's, anyway, it's on Apple TV. The Apple? Apple the TV. Apple TV I, I highly recommend yeah. it. And I'm paraphrasing, but one of the advice that was given in the show, it wasn't by Ted, but it was by the owner of the club, of the football club, that a good mentor is somebody that expects a mentee to go off on their own. Like, even if they're an employee, but you're mentoring them to become an entrepreneur, that as an, yeah. as an employer, that you at some point expect them to go on their own and, and do their own thing. And I think that's... That it, from from any Beautiful. anyone that is giving that is being a mentor or anybody that's an entrepreneur that wants to help out other entrepreneurs, the expectation should be even if they work for you that that someday they're going to go on their own and that you should wish them well and that that you should wish them all the best success because there's there's a whole world of business and um and having uh having that success from from you knowing that you've helped them and and guided them is such a great. Great achievement. It is. And, and you can only reach to that level, of, that mental level, if you read, if you interact, if you meet people. And I was lucky enough to meet people in, uh, in Magento community who were very open and, and you know, acted as mentors to me, right? It, 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 again, I said, if I, if I stop naming them, it will take another 45 minutes to do it, the kind of impact you, know, you guys have on me. And even though a lot of my team members haven't traveled, haven't met, but then, you know, they know you by name, everyone. I mean, if I tell them, hey, you know, this is Brent, this is TJ, this is this and that, they'll let you know what you've done, uh, what are you doing these days, right? And uh, I think uh, a lot of it, what you said is amazing, but, you know, that again depends uh, how much you go out, what kind of people you meet, what kind of books you read, what kind of uh, uh, TV content you watch and uh, what kind of people you get connected to. Yeah, it's so very true. Uh, Ami, Ami Verma, uh, the co-founder of Techies India. 
Thank you for being on the show today. It's been such a pleasure to meet you or not talk to you. We've met before. I didn't mean that. I hope to meet you soon again. I hope we're at the same. Uh, I hope there's an Adobe event that's live. Actually, you know what? Uh, we're putting on a unconference in Orlando, Florida. It's going to be in person um, in uh, January of 2022. So who knows? Maybe you'll be traveling again. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be in the U.S. Uh, because one of our partners are doing amazing events. Uh, somewhere in January, and they are doing it in Orlando too. Oh, fantastic! So, I hope so, it's not the exact yeah. same time and date. <laughs> We're looking at January twenty first. So, anyways, yeah, I, they, they are between fifteenth to eighteenth. So good, yeah. So hopefully we'll see yeah. each other. Great. Uh, have a great yeah. evening. I thank you so much for staying up late today. Um, it was such a pleasure speaking to you. It's an honor to speak to you, sir. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.